0: Democrats keep saying the quiet part out loud. All week, they have been inadvertently admitting their intentions. By crying over Elon Musk's free speech pledge on Twitter, they've admitted to censoring conservatives, which they had previously denied. But they're admitting that because they're complaining about Elon Musk changing it. By criticizing the power that Elon Musk could wield if he succeeds at taking over Twitter, they are admitting to possessing and really and wielding that power themselves for years which they denied for years, but which they have done against conservatives. And now, by attacking curriculum transparency bills in schools, they are admitting to teaching our kids all sorts of creepy stuff that they know we'd object to. That's the only reason to oppose curriculum transparency, is because the thing that they denied that we've been accusing them of doing is obviously true. Biden, of course, is still taking the side of the teacher unions and the radical administrators. He is lamenting, why? Why, oh, why are conservatives making a political issue out of what teachers are teaching?
1: American teachers have dedicated their lives to teaching our children and lifting them up. We got to stop making the target of the culture wars.
0: Just a reminder, the conservatives are not the ones who started the culture wars. By definition, conservatives are perfectly fine with the way our culture has traditionally been. It is the libs. The leftists, the progressives, the radicals, they are the ones who, by definition, do not like that traditional culture and want to change it. It is the leftists who are the aggressors in the culture war. And they wage that culture war, especially in schools. So why might conservatives be focusing on radical teachers? Biden answers his own question.
1: You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom.
0: They're not somebody else's children. Your children don't belong to you, Biden says. Your children belong to the teachers. One, that statement is horrifying and the best argument for homeschooling I've ever heard. But two, in practice, very often that is true. If you're leaving your kids with these teachers all day, some of whom are extreme political radicals, they are effectively raising your kids, which is why it's all the more important to take back control of the curricula that radical activists are using to poison our kids' minds at schools. It's been a great week for conservatives. For the first time in years, we've at least felt that we're taking back some political power, but the establishment is not going to give up that easy. They've already got plans to make up for whatever power they might have lost on Twitter in the schools, in the government, and in your wallet. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Isaac Kessinger, who says, You mean we've circled back to blood magic? How lovely. This never goes wrong. Referring, I suppose, to Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly who drink each other's blood and uh, perform all sorts of occult rituals. Yeah, just a reminder that there is nothing new under the sun. Every idea that we have that we think is super new and modern and wow, it's a brand new discovery. It's not. Whether it's transgenderism, whether it's the new push among the elites to live forever and to conquer death, whether it's people doing weird blood rituals to try to, to expand their universe, man, and take control of the created world. All of those things have been done for thousands and thousands of years, usually by extremely, well, always by extremely misguided people and usually by idiots. And it's, it's our modern elites who think they're geniuses for discovering something that goes back to the dawn of time. When you want the best people around you, working for your company, doing the jobs you need done, I strongly recommend you check out ZipRecruiter. Right now, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. You know, I think it's really important to keep learning new skills all the time. Not just when you're a little kid in school, but all the time. That is how you grow. You got to keep learning new skills like ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is always learning new skills. Their AI is always learning. So if you're hiring, their AI gets better and faster at finding the right candidates for all of your roles. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. ZipRecruiter uses powerful matching technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job then it's not just spaghetti at the wall. It proactively presents those candidates to you. You review those recommended candidates, then you can invite your top choices to apply for the job. That encourages them to apply faster. No wonder that ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the US based on G2 ratings. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. That's ZipRecruiter.com K-N-O-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Joe Biden's going back to that old Democrat well of flattering teachers, trying to beef up his support among the teacher unions, and then at a deeper level, trying to use the schools to push their radical agenda long term. Nothing new about this. The Dems have been doing it for 50, 60 years now, at least, and really it goes back much earlier. It goes back to the earliest days of the public school movement in America. It has always had a decidedly, intentionally progressive bent to it. And what the Dems do, is they accuse their opponents of doing what they themselves have done. And you hear this especially with one of the stupidest Democrat talking points on education, which is that Republicans are a great threat to education because they want to ban books. Today,
1: there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books, even math books. I mean, did you ever think, even your younger teachers, did you ever think When you'd be teaching, you'd be worrying about book burnings and banning books. All because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda.
0: You ever imagine that? Isn't that so crazy? Uh, I could imagine that. Here's how I would imagine that. I'd imagine that I were a teacher and I wanted to teach anything from the Bible in class. The Bible, the most important book ever written, from which even if you're not a believer, surely you have to admit all of Western literature, the the Western tradition springs out of the Bible. It's the most important book ever written. You're not allowed to teach that in schools. That is a banned book, and it wasn't conservatives who banned that book. It was liberals who banned that book. It is true, Republicans and conservatives want to ban certain books. We want to ban BDSM, weird, gay, LGBT porn from elementary schools. That's what we're doing. I'm not being hyperbolic here. There is actual outright, purely obscene, prurient, creepy sex porn in school libraries. And, and even sometimes these things leak into the assigned material, not just in college or high school, or even middle school, but all the way down to elementary schools. That's happening right now. And so yes, people want to ban that. In terms of the books that conservatives want to ban in the classroom, we, want, we don't want to ban math books. We want to ban books that use math and other subjects as a way to push a radical and false racial and sexual agenda. Critical race theory, transgenderism, and, and all the rest of the radical left's agenda. We want to ban that because instead of students reading those bad and stupid books that will harm their education, we want them to read good books that will actually educate them. Just like if, if you had a math textbook that we're teaching that two plus two equals five, Everyone, every sensible person would want to ban that book from the classroom because that's harming students' education. And you've only got so much time. You've only got so many books that you can read in the classroom. And if you teach that one thing is true, then you are implicitly teaching that the opposite of that thing is not true. So if you're teaching that two plus two equals five, you are implicitly teaching that two plus two does not equal four. But two plus two does equal four. And so that's what you want to teach in the classroom. And so we're banning books that peddle falsehoods and destructive, perverse ideologies. And instead, we want to replace them with good books that will be edifying. The left has been doing the same thing for years. They just do it in reverse. They replace books that are true, tell you the true story about history, that present good literature, that present accurate math, that is that is not totally uh, surrounded by crazy leftist theories. They've replaced all of those good books with their nonsense, up to and including pornography. So yeah, it's just a debate over standards. And yes, just like you just like libs kicked the Bible out of schools. We want to kick gay porn out of the second grade classroom. So, okay, I guess there's no disputing taste, I suppose. But as far as I'm concerned, I, w- I would rather students be taught things that are good and true and beautiful and not a bunch of obscene, weird stuff. Did you ever, could you ever imagine? Of course they could imagine. They're the ones who did it in the first place. Now, what, what is being taught in schools? I, every time I mention this, the libs come out and they say, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and none of these obscene materials are actually being taught in schools. Okay, if that's the case, why is Rhode Island right now trying to enshrine the right of educators to teach sexual pleasure courses in schools there? There's legislation before the Rhode Island legislature, Senate Bill 2285, That would amend current law so that what they deem to be culturally appropriate courses in family life or sex education can be taught to children beginning in the sixth grade. So this is when students are 11 years old. What kind of teachings? Quote, I'm just reading directly from the bill here. Teachings would recognize pleasure based sexual relations different sexual orientations, and be inclusive of same-sex relationship. The act would also provide that instruction include gender, gender expression, gender identity, and the harm of negative gender stereotypes. The, the creepiest part, of course, is, are these two words, pleasure-based. Why are you talking to 11-year-olds about pleasure-based sexual relations? That's extremely weird. Well, there's an answer to this. And the answer is going to upset Republicans who don't want to be called transphobic or homophobic or any other kind of phobic. The, the sort of Republicans who, who want to claim that the, the education law in Florida has nothing to do with LGBT, has nothing to do with don't say gay. It could just be called the don't say straight bill too because it just bans talk about sex entirely. No, the, the issue here is LGBT. It is LGBT. And, and that's not to say we need to be mean to people who have different sexual desires or anything like that. But it is to say that we need to be clear about the issue. The reason that this bill is being pushed in Rhode Island is because there is inevitably some kind of sexual education that goes on in schools. When you read a little book to your kindergarten or first grade class where there's a mommy and a daddy and a baby, you are implicitly teaching something about sex, sexual relations, and the family. That's why no conservative has a problem if you, if you read the book to the class about mama bear and, and daddy bear and baby bear. But we would have a problem if you read a book about mama bear and leather daddy bear and leather daddy bear's boyfriends, polyamorous you know, uh, uh, harem or something like that. We, we wouldn't support that, even though they're, they're both just teaching implicit lessons about sex and family, but one is disordered and one is perfectly traditional and normal. The reason they have to say pleasure based sexual relations is because traditionally, when we talk about sex, we talk about sex as though it has a purpose, that things in life have purpose. The purpose of the Leftist Tears Tumblr is to give me my leftist tears so I can drink them up. The purpose of this microphone is to record my voice when I'm doing my show and bring it to all of you. And the purpose of sex is to have babies. The purpose of sex is to create new life, to join together two people, man and woman, to come together in a complementary. way fashion, and then out of those two people and their love together to create a new life. Now, there are all sorts of different ways that you can use your sexual faculties. And uh, uh, some of those involve a man and a woman. Some of those involve you know, three dudes and a billy goat. Some of those involve just yourself, as as, uh, Woody Allen called it, sex with someone you love. But the purpose of those things is obviously not procreation. The purpose of those would merely be pleasure. So sex, when it fulfills its purpose of openness to life, pleasure is a byproduct of that very often one hopes that that's a byproduct of that but when you make pleasure the end goal of that you've put the cart before the horse that it has never been taught in the traditional sexual education such as it is that the purpose of sex is pleasure it's a nice nice aspect of sex but it's not the purpose if you want to be able to teach lgbtq ideology you've got to make pleasure the end so you've got to completely invert the teaching about sex these democrats are not idiots they're very sophisticated they know what they're doing and republicans i fear have no idea what they're doing. When you want to learn a thing or two, you've got to check out PragerU. You know how much I love PragerU. I host a show on PragerU. I do videos on PragerU. I've written for PragerU. And one new project that PragerU has launched is PragerU Kids. Just the other night, just the other night, I was sitting, reading goodnight books to sweet little buddy, my little baby boy. And he hands me the You kids book, Otto's Tales. And so I read it, and it's about this little Dennis and his little dog, and they go on all these historical adventures, and they clear up all the crap that your kids are being fed in schools and all the woke materials. And they tell you great, wonderful kids' stories about history, about the way the world really works. It's so great. I sometimes do it in my Dennis Prager voice. Well now, little buddy. So PragerU kids has created nearly 150 pieces of video and print content for children in kindergarten through 12th grade. They've got animated shows, illustrated books, digital magazines. Kids offers entertaining and educational content to equip families to save the future of America. 300,000 parents, teachers, and grandparents, and caregivers have already subscribed to PragerUKids.com. Do it. You'll get new stuff in your inbox every week for free. Uh, absolutely love it. You got to do it right now. PragerUKids.com. Head on over there today. Speaking of sexual education for kids, you know, my colleague, Matt Walsh. Matt is a beloved women's studies scholar. He is the leading uh, LGBTQ plus children's author in the country. And Amazon is very upset about this. Amazon, we knew this months ago. Amazon had been trying to suppress Matt's book, Johnny the Walrus, a story about a confused little boy who thinks that he's a walrus and whose society encourages him to believe that he's a walrus. So the book did very, very well when it first came out, uh, but Amazon tried to suppress it. And as always, when the libs go in and they get exposed trying to suppress something, it skyrockets to the top of the chart. So I think for, for a little while yesterday, Matt actually had two best-selling books on the charts. <laughs> it's his upcoming book, What is a Woman? And then the, the children's book that actually came out a while ago. A, a whistleblower at Amazon leaked the footage of Amazon conspiring to suppress Johnny the Walrus.
2: It's been a very traumatic experience for transgender Amazonians and our transgender customers. Johnny the Walrus is a bit of a problematic book. Uh, Not a bit. It is. It is not a bit of a problem. It's one hell of a problem. You
3: are selling a manual how to teach kids to bully other kids to commit suicide. I talked to. said she was going to get the book stripped off of your site. Now he is bragging that he has the number one book. You are still going to continue to sell it. And now he's bragging and that he's glad it's going to make the LGBTQIA kids, especially transgenders, commit suicide.
0: So because Matt Walsh said that little boys can't become walruses, uh, LGBTQ kids, even that whole concept is extremely problematic. The idea that five-year-olds have this distinct sexual identity. Even moving past that for a second, the idea is that because uh, Matt Walsh made a book about how a little kid can't become a walrus, that now kids are going to commit suicide because of him. And Amazon's taking this lunatic woman seriously. So yes, you're, oh, wow, That's you, we have to do something. We need to try to suppress Matt one way or the other. And, of course, when this comes out, what happens? The people want to buy this book. The, the book was very popular. The idea is very popular. Look, look what happened at Twitter. When Elon Musk came in and said, we are going to have free speech at that platform, something changed overnight. I've gained something like 70,000 Twitter followers in the last four days, three or four days. Other people are, some some other people are reporting even larger gains. Is it just bots? I don't think it's just bots because a lot of these new followers are blue check marks. They're people who are supposedly verified, getting a lot more engagement. Something changed in the way that Twitter is working to allow conservatives overnight to have a lot more engagement, to have a a much wider reach on the platform. It would seem to me that that is an easing up on the suppression of conservatives. Despite the best efforts of the liberal censors, people still know some basic truths. We know that men are not women. We know, I think we know that babies are babies. We know basic facts of, of reality, even COVID. That was a, one of the great examples of censorship. You weren't allowed to say certain things about COVID. Now, you might be able to on Twitter, but on on the other social platforms, including the platforms that this show airs on, you're still not allowed to say things about Twitter, or you're still not allowed to say a lot of things about COVID and the vaccine. You are not permitted, even today, you are not permitted to say that the vaccine does not work. The vaccines, there are multiple. You're not allowed to say that they don't work. So if I made that declarative statement right now that the vaccines don't work, I would be censored. You would not hear it in this show even though the vaccine, here's what people say. This is what people say, because the vaccines do not prevent contracting the virus or transmitting the virus, as we were told that they would by Joe Biden and Dr. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky. Now what people say to try to split the baby is they say, well, uh, the vaccines are, yes, so they may not prevent you from uh, tr- contracting or transmitting the virus, but they're very, very good at, at stopping hospitalization and death. Which may or may not be true. I'm not sure if that's true or not. The only reason I have to believe that is because of the people who have been lying to me for two years, and, and the people who were very publicly wrong about what the vaccines would do in the first place. They insist that they do that. So maybe they do that. Okay, fine, I'll keep an open mind. But in order for a thing to work, in order for a thing to work, uh, the thing has to accomplish its purpose. It kind of gets back to our discussion of sex a little bit earlier. Things have a purpose. The Leftist Tears tumbler has a purpose to give me my leftist tears. The microphone has a purpose to broadcast my voice. The the purpose of vaccines, we were told by Biden, by Walensky, by Dr. Fauci, is to stop people from getting a virus and transmitting a virus. So if the vaccines don't do that, then, well, I'm I'm not allowed to finish that sentence, I guess. If the purpose of a gun is to shoot bullets, The purpose of a gun is to shoot bullets. If the gun doesn't shoot bullets, the gun cannot be said to work. The gun may coincidentally make a really good paperweight. But even though the gun makes a good paperweight, if it doesn't shoot bullets, you can't say the gun works. Well, it's a very it's very highly effective at being a paperweight. Okay, but what was the purpose of the gun? Does it work? So you're not allowed, you are not allowed to make the statement the vaccines don't work. And I use this as an example because it's something. It's something where everybody knows that the vaccines don't do the thing that Fauci and Walensky and Biden said that they would do and that vaccines just as a category of thing are supposed to do. And we all know, everybody knows that. Even the libs agree. We all agree with that. And yet we're not allowed to say it. And that drives people crazy. That is the kind of censorship that we are seeing throughout our culture. And so when Elon Musk even sort of intimates that we might ease off that a little bit, everyone can breathe a a sigh of relief. Everyone can breathe a little more freely. Why are parents showing up to the school boards? Why did Glenn Youngkin win in Virginia? Why is Ron DeSantis having the time of his life in Florida right now? Why? It's because of these individual issues, education, transgenderism, critical race theory, the COVID lockdowns. It's because of these, but more it's because this corrupt ruling class is just forcing us to lie all the time. And it drives us up a wall And it's so disrespectful, and it's so insulting, and it feels as tyrannical as any sort of condition of government could be when you're not even permitted to be honest. When you're not even permitted to be honest in your private conversations, in in messages on social media platforms to one another. That is what's driving people up a wall. And the libs have their story, and they're sticking to it. They're not changing anything. Biden can't come clean on any of these issues. He's underwater on all of them. And so now, because he's desperate for the Democrats to win in the 2022 midterms and then in 2024, he's just trying to give out freebies. Right now, uh, Biden is, is intimating that he's willing to postpone or, or just outright cancel student debt. Biden said during a private meeting with Democrats, this is according to widespread reports, that he's open to canceling student loan debt, even though he didn't really focus on that issue during the first year of his presidency he thinks that'll be a good freebie. Why is he doing that? He's doing it to reward his base, his base of college educated idiots, his base of teacher union thugs, and to create incentives for more people to go through these institutions that turn, turn out more liberals, that turn out more Democrats. And because he's got the power, he's willing to exercise the power. I forget who it was yesterday. I, someone made this comment. This is not an original thought of my own that the party that does something is always going to beat the party that just wants to be left alone. For a long time, conservatives just said, we just want to be left alone. Just do whatever you want. Use whatever bathroom you want. Don't do, what, do whatever you want in your community, and your state. And just please, just leave me alone. You can redefine marriage. You can redefine, just do whatever you want in your schools. Just leave me alone. That's never going to work. The, the political community has to set standards. We have to, set, we have to make laws. We have to, we have to dis, set certain parameters that will describe how we live. And so the party that has a vision for that and that is actually going to wield political power to implement that, they're going to be the guys who win. And the rest of us who throw our hands in the air and bury our heads in the sand, we're going to lose. That's inevitable. When the, when the culture begins to reflect everything other than our own beliefs, it's time to build our own, which is what we're doing. The Daily Wire is taking on Hollywood. We're taking on razor companies that cave to the woke. We're taking on the publishing industry. We are taking on the probably biggest entertainment company from all of our childhoods, Disney, because it's about time we do something. So you can too. Stop giving money to organizations that hate your guts. Help us build alternatives where the left is destroying the foundations of our society. Start today. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, where new members can use code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, for 20% off your membership. Head on over right now. If you want to do something, if you actually, if you you don't just want to complain and lament and whine and say, oh no, the sky is falling, which it very well might be. If you want to take a proactive step, put your money where your mouth is, well, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Knowles for 20% off your membership. We'll be right back with a lot more. You didn't think that the left was going to take the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter lying down, did you? You didn't think that they were saying, okay, we lost, we lost Twitter. So we tried to censor conservatives. We tried to totally set the narrative and it uh, it didn't work out. You know, t- Elon took a big platform from us. So, okay, that's that. Did you think they were going to do that? No. The Democrats now, within what, a week of, of Elon's announced potential takeover of Twitter, they have wielded the power of the state to set up a disinformation governance board. Because if if the liberal state, if liberal politicians can't outsource censorship to the big tech companies, they can still count on Facebook, they can still count on Google and YouTube, but they maybe can't count on Twitter anymore to, to v- become the proxy by which the state violates Americans' freedom of speech, First Amendment rights and uh, basic right to speak and govern ourselves in a, in a republic. If they can't rely on them, they're just gonna do it themselves, which is why the Department of Homeland Security has announced the setup of the Disinfo Governance Board.
2: This is one of our priority areas. And as a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, uh, I engaged with secretaries of state from all over the country uh, to focus our efforts on elections security. Uh, we are building upon uh, the great work of the former CISA director, Chris Krebs. Uh, Jenny Sterling is leading, of course, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security a- Agency in this effort. Uh, we have just established a miss and disinformation governance board in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively um, combat uh, this threat, not only to election security, uh, but to our homeland security. We are disseminating information Uh, to the secretaries of state. We are counseling them and providing resources to ensure uh, better physical security. We are uh, addressing all aspects of election security, um, given, of course, the midterm elections that are upon us and the fundamental uh, integrity of our democratic processes that is at stake.
0: Already sounds spooky enough that you've now got the federal government determining they've got a ministry of truth, I guess is what you'd call it. This disinformation governance board, it sounds like it could easily be used just as a cudgel against conservatives. But look, let's be as fair as we can. There is such a thing as foreign disinformation. Just look at the war in Ukraine. Probably 90% of the information coming out of the war in Ukraine right now is disinformation. Some of it's Russian disinformation, some of it's Ukrainian disinformation. That just goes along with war. Propaganda is a big part of war, and it's a big part of statecraft. So in, th- in principle. I'm not even totally opposed to the United States having its own kind of pro- propaganda ministry. Every state in throughout all of history has had a propaganda ministry. My issue here is, is this actually going to combat foreign disinformation, or is this just a thinly veiled excuse to censor half of Americans, to censor conservatives who, who disagree with the way the liberal ruling class are governing us? And we have our answer. We don't need to speculate about that. The government's already told us which it is. It is the latter. It is just an excuse to censor all the conservatives because of the woman that they picked to run this thing. The director of the board is a woman named Nina Jankowicz, who in in 2020, right before the presidential election, came out and described the Hunter Biden laptop and all the the ugly information that it contained about Hunter Biden and about Joe Biden and the Biden family's corruption and the Biden family's crimes and and finances, described it as disinformation. So we know the Hunter Biden laptop was totally real. It's not Russian disinformation. And yet this woman who's running the disinformation board couldn't tell that. And she actually went out on a limb and she said, back on the laptop from hell, apparently, Biden notes that 50 former national security officials and five former CIA heads Uh, believe the laptop is a Russian influence operation. And Trump says, Russia, Russia, Russia. So she's reacting to the presidential debate here. And she is parroting the line from Joe Biden and from the intelligence community that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't legit, but the Hunter Biden laptop absolutely was legit. So if passed as precedent, all this woman is going to do is wield the power of the state to defend Democrats, to attack Republicans, and to, to call any factual claim that conservatives make Russian disinformation and, and try to shut us up. Now, speaking of disinformation, we got a lot of disinformation coming out of the government. Joe Biden has a federal judge nominee up, Newsrat Chowdhury. And, and I think in all of the news about Twitter and all of the news about the economy, some of these really radical Biden nominees are kind of going under the radar and, and people aren't paying attention. You've got to pay attention. Biden is pushing through extremely radical people. Uh, this woman's up for a district court, and she has made the claim that cops kill innocent black men every day in America. She's made that claim in the past. This woman is up for a federal judgeship. She doesn't sound particularly unbiased or disinterested to me. Uh, senator kennedy republican senator kennedy came out and grilled her over this what's even more chilling than the claim that she the completely false claim that she made about cops killing innocent black men is the justification she had for lying
3: this is a really simple question counselor. do you believe that cops kill unarmed black men in america every single day you said it at princeton Senator, I said it in my role as an advocate. Oh, okay. You didn't mean it. You Senator, said... I said it in my role as an advocate to make a rhetorical point. So, so when you say something that's, that's incorrect, it's okay to excuse it by saying, oh, I was being an advocate? What do you believe? Do you personally believe that cops kill unarmed black men every single day in America? Senator, I believe law enforcement have an important and challenging job in this country. That's not what you said, though, Counselor. Senator, I say before you here today that I do believe law enforcement have a difficult and challenging job, and I also understand the difference I just between... think that's an extraordinary statement to make with no data to back up. No, none whatsoever. There's no basis for you saying that. And you knew it then and you know it now. How can one possibly believe that you're going to be unbiased on the federal bench?
0: Excellent grilling here from Senator Kennedy. It's, it's worth pointing out the claim was not was not even that cops kill innocent black men every day. The claim was that cops kill unarmed black men every day, which is a different claim. And unarmed does not mean innocent. And an unar- a killing of an unarmed man is not always not justified. Sometimes it actually can be justified. But even that claim, even that broader claim is not true. She just lied. And she admitted that she lied. When Kennedy, he said, that statement is not true. So Ms. Chowdhury, wh- why did you say it? And she said, well, that was in my role as an advocate. In your role as an advocate, you, you can lie? You think that gives you license to just lie in public? Well, that was, I was making a rhetorical point. Oh, so your, your rhetoric is, includes lying? No, you don't, <laughs> you don't have any right to lie in public. Well no 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 but I was doing a different job. Yeah, you don't have a right to lie in those different public jobs. Well no no, I was lying then but I'm not going to lie now. She doesn't even say she's not going to lie now. Cuz she's a liar and she she I think is representing a view that is really common among Democrats and among the left which is that the end justifies the means. Which is that yeah, you can tell some lies if the lies are going to get you a good end. Well, yeah, when I was in this job, I, I wanted to get this political end, so I said this thing. Now that I'm going to be in this judge job, I'm going to say a different thing. But you know, we're all just trying to get to the same place. If if our elected officials have no respect for the truth, then we are completely sunk. And and. It's even broader. It's even within our whole society. If our society has no respect for the truth, then we just can't govern ourselves. If we're moving from a society that acknowledges objective reality and objective truth to a society that denies objective reality and objective truth and only, only exercises or only claims subjective truth, my truth and your truth, subjective identity, my, my gender identity, my ex- gender expression, my oppression, my, my, my then we can't communicate. We ha- there has to be a, a referent outside of us that we can point to. We have to be able to speak the same language and the words that we use to communicate need to refer to real things outside of us in order to communicate, in order to get along together in society. If we don't have that, all that will ensue is chaos. All that will ensue is anarchy. And we're not just talking about the hoi polloi who are engaging in this dangerous political game. We're actually not. We're talking specifically about the elite. I bet that woman went to some of the fanciest schools in America. Boy, she has the arrogance that only a top Ivy League credential can give you the way that, she's, the way that she brazenly boasts about lying, the way that she's, she's just sitting there so, so giving such glib answers to this senator. And what she is saying is truth doesn't matter. What is truth? What is truth? No, that was just my rhetoric. It's the line that Pontius Pilate said to Jesus Christ at the Passion. He says, what, quid est veritas. What is, what is truth? What is, well, there, No, there is truth. And if there isn't truth, then we're, then we're really sunk in self-government. But the, what the libs try to do is when they get caught in these lies or when they get caught in a tight political situation, one of the ways that they deny truth is they just redefine all the words. So you, Washington state right now has just banned the term marijuana. They haven't banned marijuana. They would never ban the Peruvian parsley up in Washington state. But they have banned the term marijuana. And they've banned the term marijuana because apparently the word marijuana is racist.
3: The term marijuana itself is pejorative and racist. Even though it seems simple because it's just one word, but the reality is we are healing the wrongs that were committed against black and brown people around cannabis. It was negatively associated with Mexican immigrants. It was used as a racist terminology to um, lock up black and brown people.
0: It, it's because of the racism of the word marijuana that people who used illicit drugs were thrown in prison. That's why. No, it's because they were committing crimes. That's why. It's because that was illegal and then people used it. And they actually didn't even really. In, in recent decades, no one goes to prison for simple possession. They all go to prison for dealing and for trafficking and they usually plead it down. So even to say they went to jail for using an illegal drug, that's just not true. They went to prison for peddling poison to young people and working for criminal cartels no matter where they are in the food chain and we say no the only it's, it's not their fault that they committed crimes it's because of the racism of the word marijuana okay what are we going to call it Haitian oregano Peruvian parsley what are we, what do you <laughs> a, a okay now in the law we're just going to call it doobies. we're just is that is that going to change anything no the question is should this substance be legal Or not? Should we prosecute it or not? One of my least popular views is I don't see any reason to legalize marijuana. I don't see any reason because one of my strongest arguments for keeping it illegal is that the potheads who really, really are insanely pro-legalization are almost always extremely airheaded libs. I'm not saying that some people on the right don't like a little Peruvian parsley too, but the ones who make it their whole identity, the people who just clamor for it, they're protesting to legalize, they're always huge libs, and I see no reason to give them what they want. In that especially in that case, why do we why do we need to why do we need to introduce a new drug to the mainstream? I, I don't see any reason to do it. But regardless of what you feel about li- maybe you you're the most pro-legalized pot person in the world. Surely you don't think. That the political issue will be resolved by just banning the word because it's racist. Why is it racist? Well, because it's a Spanish word. Why is it a Spanish word? Because it comes from Latin America. That's why. <laughs> it's not. It's not like marijuana was discovered in uh, I don't know Boston, right? It's not. It's not as though this. It was discovered in Liverpool. No, it comes. That's the area that it comes from. And it's not. But the word racist gets you off the hook for anything. The word race, if you just invoke racism, no matter how tenuous the argument is, that will get you off the hook for anything. That is the magical word. It's how the libs have been able to destroy our drug laws, our criminal justice system, our immigration system. Our, it's, it's been how, how they've been able to, our our equal protection, it's, it's how they've been able to destroy even fairness in hiring and college admissions. They say that if you don't support racial quotas for certain groups, and if you don't support uh, Giving a boost to certain people on the color of their race, then you're a racist. So they just use the word racist and they bandy it about and they get whatever they want because they've cowed conservatives into submission. Well, there's one area, speaking of using racism as a cudgel and speaking of Latin America, there's one area where that, that leftist political agenda is apparently on hold for now. That is down at our southern border with regard to Title 42. Title 42 was a way that the Trump administration was able to to curtail, to some degree, illegal immigration to America, because they said, look, if you're going to lock down all the American citizens because of this pandemic— then surely you've got to put some more restrictions on the southern border, right? It's insane. You're telling me that uh, an American citizen can't go down the street to 7-Eleven without wearing a hazmat suit, but you're just going to let millions of foreign nationals, unvetted, pour over our border without any question? No, you can't do that. And so this was in place. The Biden administration still wants to keep American citizens locked down, but they want to keep that border open. They're moving to keep that border open. They're uh, uh, trying to lift Title 42, and a federal judge just shot them down. Federal judge in Louisiana has issued a temporary restraining order against the Biden administration uh, forbidding it from moving ahead with its plan to end Title 42. This is Judge Robert Summerhays of the Western District of Louisiana. Uh, he, he issued this just yesterday, uh, but unfortunately, it's just temporary. The odds that this actually lasts pretty low because the libs have all the power here. Okay, they've got, they've got the administrative state. They've got the elected government. They've got the media. They've got, they've got everything, okay? And so there is not going to be any fix to the southern border and to our immigration system until conservatives grab hold of more institutions of power. It's not going to be enough to win back the House. That's not going to do it. It's not going to be enough to win back the Senate. That's not going to do it. It's not going to be enough to win back the presidency, We had unified government under Donald Trump. Illegal immigration dropped dramatically right when Trump was elected. And we had unified government for the Republicans. But then very quickly, it became clear that that wasn't enough. And so that wasn't actually going to lead to the construction of a full border wall or to a limitation of immigration. And so then you saw the immigration numbers pop right back up. We can argue it all day. We can write long essays. We can have big, robust debates. But unless conservatives go in and actually capture those institutions of government and media and corporation and finance and education and all of them, unless we capture those institutions and wield that political power, it's not going to matter. You can make the most eloquent argument in the world. It's not going to do Jack Diddley. The Libs are flaunting their political power and they're doing it through their hypocrisy. A lot of times conservatives point out liberal hypocrisy. Whether it's in education, whether it's COVID especially, we point out the hypocrisy and we say, if the shoe were on the other foot, can you imagine if the roles were reversed? Look at this outrageous hypocrisy. We're not telling the libs anything they don't know. They know about the hypocrisy. They're they're flaunting it. It is the proof that they have almost absolute power in the United States. The fact that they can behave in a hypocritical way, the fact that Fauci doesn't wear his mask, but he forces all of you to wear your masks, that is a feature, not a a bug of the system. That is is a way to say, I'm in charge. What are you going to do about it, punk? Pete Buttigieg is doing this right now. Pete Buttigieg just went on uh, Fox News. He was asked about the White House Correspondent Association dinner. And he said, hold on. Uh, uh, Brett Baer, who was asking him the question, said, hold on. All you Democrats are arguing that we need to reinstate the airplane mask mandate. We need to reinstate the public transportation mandate, and yet you're gonna cram hundreds of libs into a tiny little ballroom in Washington, DC, and none of you are gonna be wearing your masks. No mandate for the liberal elites in DC, lots of mandates for all the other Americans. What gives? Here's Pete's answer.
1: If you're sitting at home, you just told me you're going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The president's going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You're not mandated to wear a mask there, but the administration at the same time is fighting a lawsuit to mandate people on planes, trains, and automob- or trains and buses to wear masks. So like, if you're sitting at home, there's a disconnect here.
0: Well, I think uh, most of us understand the difference between a hotel ballroom and an airplane. And uh, again, a lot of this is about what authorities the CDC has. Buttigieg accidentally told on himself. That's what that's what the liberals have been doing so often. Because what he's insinuating here is, but well, most Americans, listen, come on, guys, come on. I'm P- I'm reasonable, Pete Buttigieg. Hi, I'm reasonable, radical, Pete Buttigieg. We know. The difference, the scientific and medical difference between an airplane and a ballroom. He's insinuating that the airplane is much more dangerous for spreading COVID than a ballroom or a hotel or a restaurant. And that's just not true. It's just not borne out by the data. That has never been true. Airplanes have been some of the safest places during the entirety of the COVID pandemic. Part of this is because airplanes are getting fresh air constantly. People expected airplanes to be big hotspots for spreading the virus, and they just never were. Whereas large gatherings of people indoors without fresh air constantly circulating. Those have been big areas. Hotel ballrooms have been big areas of spread for COVID. So yeah, the, here's the difference. You sh- if you're going to wear the mask at all, you should wear it in the hotel ballroom. You shouldn't wear it on the airplane. But the real difference between the airplane and the hotel ballroom is that in the, the White House Correspondents Association Dinner Ballroom, you're going to have a bunch of liberal DC elites. And in the airplane, you're just going to have ordinary Americans. And the ordinary Americans have to follow extra rules than the and, and different rules than the DC elites. I think most Americans can tell the difference. Yeah, right. They, they can tell the difference. We can. And he's flaunting it. Well, the difference is I get to do whatever the hell I want and you don't because you're a dirty, filthy peasant. And I don't want your germs, but I don't have germs because I'm, I'm Pete Buttigieg. And we, we can all agree that I'm a clean, a beautiful, wonderful person, and you're not, you're filth, you're disgusting. Cover up your face, you dirty rat peasant. That's, that's what he's saying. And, and what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do? The conservative response has been, hey, do what you want. If New York wants a mask mandate, that's fine. And if you, by the way, if you have the country, if you wanna wear masks in public, that's fine. You do you, live and let live, that's fine by me. Just don't make me do it, just leave me alone. The one thing I will say for having people voluntarily wear masks on airplanes, is it does tell you with 100% certainty exactly who the libs are on your flight, which can be very helpful. But we need to go further. We need to say no. It's it's actually disordered to have a society full of banditos. It's not good. We don't, we're not Saudi Arabia. We don't think people should cover up their faces all the time in public. So no, actually, outside of extremely rare circumstances, don't do that. Just don't. You should be actively discouraged from doing that. The Oklahoma governor, on a sort of completely different issue, but same political principle, the Oklahoma governor just outlawed the non-binary sex option on birth certificates. Some legislatures, I guess, have been suggesting a third option on birth certificates, whether you put this down when the baby is born or or later on they can change it. Uh, The text of the law requires the biological sex designation on a birth certificate to be either male or female. Uh, it prohibits people from changing the sex on their birth certificates. That's very important. That's what we have to do. We need to go in and say, no, we need to go in and set the rules. I think I'm now, I'm remember, I think it might've been Auron McIntyre. It was somebody though, somebody on Twitter or somewhere who made this point that the party that does something is always going to beat the party that just wants to be left alone. So what is it? What is it that we want to do? I'm glad Elon Musk freed up our speech a little bit for now, at least good. I'm glad we've got that free speech now. So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to say? What standards are we going to set? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, the Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on The Matt Wall Show, Amazon pulls some dirty tricks to suppress and censor my children's book, but it still manages to become the number one book in the entire country. Also, Joe Biden is considering a Hail Mary pass before the midterms, student loan forgiveness. We'll talk about why that is a horrible idea. And speaking of horrible ideas, Joe Biden also tells a group of teachers that that the kids in their classrooms are their kids, not somebody else's kids. The kids belong to them. Also, Hollywood actress Megan Fox proudly discusses her satanic blood-drinking rituals but I was told Satanism in Hollywood is a conspiracy theory. We'll talk about all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.